Hello, everyone. Welcome to IT Tech Talk. I'm your host, Joel Ward, and with me is Dustin. Dustin, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Joel. Oh, it's it's an honor. It's an honor. So, Dustin, um, we've had a couple email uh, conversations, and we've had a little hiccups getting to the getting to this point. Um, but we here we are on the show. Uh, Dustin, I would love um for my listeners to get a quick little introduction about you, if you don't mind, uh, giving a, sure. a brief little brief introduction. Nothing nothing too long. Nothing too crazy. Just something about yourself. Yeah, so I'm Dustin DeVries. I'm co-founder at Caffeine Interactive. We've been in business for a little over 10 years now. Uh, before that, I was freelancing for a few years, which kind of led to building a, a business and agency, basically, for software development. And before that, I was working in the semiconductor industry for, for 10 years. So I've been kind of in the professional workforce for about 23 years now. Okay. And uh, what got you into the industry? What made you want to jump into the the tech the tech industry, as it were? Uh, You know... I guess when I was younger, I was, you know, I had different passions and so forth, you know, sports passions and things like that. Everyone thinks you're going to be a football player, or baseball player, whatever. Yeah. Um, as I got older, uh, kind of matured on some of that. And then I think by the time it was time to start college, it was when you kind of have to start locking things in, right? So you got to choose yeah. a major, choose what you're going to do. And so for me, I was, there were a few things I, I kind of liked, you know, that were kind of, I guess you call them hobbies or whatever else, but at the end of the day, I just kind of went with what I felt like I was good at. You know, I think I, I had a lot of experience with computers. I enjoyed working with computers. I grew up, you know, the the time that I was that I was growing up, the 80s and 90s. Yeah. You know, the Internet was, was really in the 90s, I guess, when it really started to take off and people started to use it more. Um, there, you know, before that bulletin boards and things like that, but I was kind of exposed to a lot of that because, uh, my parents had a software company. My dad actually okay. built one of the first, uh, estimating programs for doing commercial estimating, uh, which he sold to Glidden. So I kind of saw that and just a number of things like that just kind of, uh, sparked my interest. And I was around computers from an early age from, you know, about the age of seven, which would have been what, like 83, 84 got my first, uh, computer. So I've kind of been immersed in that. And, uh, we're, I mean, everyone today grows up and, <laughs> with all that around them. But back then I wasn't that common. Right. So it was kind of my unfair advantage. And I guess I just decided to exploit it and run with it. So, you know, you know, it's funny. Uh, I didn't grow up seeing the boom of tech, but I also, I grew up in, uh, I was 1990s when I was born. Uh, when I was 10 years old, my dad gave me my first laptop and I remember it because it was an IBM. I mean, what was an IBM something? And it was, uh, it was the blue logo not their not their red green and whatever logo was um but it was the blue logo and it um it was a dos laptop and i remember learning all that dos stuff uh and the floppy disk drive and all that stuff and it was so <laughs> fun to learn and now i look at and you were just talking about that like how people grow up and really grow up in tech my kids have tablets I sometimes don't even. I, I'm learning stuff that they like that, that they've already know. They're like, oh, no, Dad, it's this way. You gotta do this. I'm like, this is stuff that yeah. like you grew up on. Like I still, I still like use things that's from the dinosaur age. Like I still have all my old ThinkPads. Like I have, yeah. I have like you know, I buy old like. I mean, there's like right here, it's like an old Dell server. Like I buy old Dell server. That I, re I refurbish stuff. I don't really like new stuff. And when I do buy new stuff, which I just ordered a eight hundred dollar. Um, ThinkPad phone, which I thought was the coolest thing ever. Like when I order new tech, like just to review it or look at it or check it out. And, and a lot of tech I buy myself so I can like get the feel for it. You know, it's, it's not, it's hard because like I, I think about all the stuff, like all the video, even when I play video games, 
when I look at like the video games now and all the graphics and, and like, I have a really nice computer right here. Like there's a, there's a really nice digital storm PC with like a great graphics card and I can do tons of things on, but you look at the stuff I grew up on, like the stuff that you grew up on, like in the eighties, ni- nineties and the stuff that like, it just wasn't like it is now. It's so yeah. power hungry or it's like, it's demanding for graphics and it's like, wow, well, I was, uh, I, I remember when a megabyte or, or, or even, uh, let's put it this way. I remember when a gigabyte cost more than a, uh, terabyte and now a terabyte costs more. And then all of a sudden now you, you, a terabyte, you can buy a terabyte hard drive for like $130 and yeah. less than it's like, I mean, I have, um, I mean, I have like a, a couple terabytes in my server. I got a couple terabytes in my computer. I got a couple terabytes in my laptop. I mean, and I paid less for that than like, it's just, it's just thinking about how in the last, I want to say 15 years, tech has changed. And, and, you know, looking at, you probably seen it change more than I have. Uh, in, in but it, it's interesting, you know, and I, one of the reasons yeah. I like tech is, and especially technology, uh, like computers or like, you know, I, I grew up building computers with my uncle like we tore them apart we built them and i had this windows 98 machine that would pull parts out slap in another machine <laughs> you can't do that anymore i can't just take apart yeah. from this computer and put in another computer and say oh work because sometimes not everything's compatible you have to like mm-hmm. they have pc part checker you have to like you have to make sure things are compatible now so when my kids are like yeah, yeah you just do this no 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 I used to do slap parts in and out of computers. <laughs> now you can't do that anymore. Uh, sorry, we got a lot of topic there. Like I, my, my inner, like, oh my goodness, this is, this is cool because like I, I don't really get to talk to too many people who are like understand that tech has changed. Um, hmm. so let's go back yeah. to talking about your business. What made you want to start the company? What, what, what got you into this field? Like other than like yeah. you grew up in it? Um, you know, I think for me, it was really about, I mean, there's a few things I would say uh, one of the motivating factors was just having a little more independence in my life, getting out of the uh, rat race, the nine to five job, you know, having, I think the biggest thing for me, I didn't, I didn't, you know, not afraid of work. I, I didn't have any problems going into work every day and working all day and working hard. But I just looked at the inefficiencies I dealt with working in a corporate environment with yeah. people, you know, living in the sea of cubicles and people stopping by all the time, went into chit chat about the game last night or you know politics or whatever and then you know and just being in that all the time i just remember thinking to myself man i go to work each day and like how much work do i actually do in a given day with all right. the other interruptions and you know you can throw meetings in there too some of the meetings you go to sometimes are just you feel like complete waste of time you know and you're sitting there for an hour and that's an hour you could be working and i just decided you know what i'd rather have more control over my yeah. schedule um so that was probably the biggest motivator um also being in semiconductor so when I went went to college, you know, I majored in computer engineering, um, okay. which was kind of a combination of electrical engineering plus computer science. So kind of both tracks. So I got a lot of software experience and a lot of hard, decent amount of hardware experience, but I always felt like software was always my strength. I struggled more okay. with hardware design and, you know, transistor schematics and, you know, all the fancy stuff we did as a mixed signal uh, uh, semiconductor company. So always thought, you know, if I really wanted to excel and climb the corporate ladder, uh, that, you know, my computer science degree wasn't enough. I would need to go back and work on maybe like an MBA yeah. or like a double E, the master's in, in double E, that sort of thing. And I just wasn't, you know, even to this day, I've joked about this before, I, I have nightmares of being back in, in a classroom setting and it <laughs> freaks me out. I'm like, I'm so far removed from being in a classroom sitting in front of a 
professor. And I don't even know if that's how they do school anymore, right? It's probably totally different now, totally yeah. different than when we were in, in school. But I just think about that. I'm like, I, I couldn't do that. So I just opted to kind of go more the the freelance route, be my own boss. And then of course, come, with that comes challenges. And I always say, you know, I mean, it's nice. I think there's, there's always, I think more and more people are starting businesses and being entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. There's like this kind of, uh, people look at it, it used to be like this kind of, really cool things like, oh, wow, you started your own business. Now it's like everybody's doing it. I think one thing you realize, you're really just trading one set of problems for another. Yeah. But it's just what what's more palatable to you, the corporate environment or being your own boss and dealing with, well, not really being your own boss, really having like a hundred bosses, right? Because all your clients are your boss, right? So um opted for the latter. And uh, I think it's been good for me, from mental health perspective, everything else good. has just been more adaptable to to my lifestyle. Now you you do you do something that I don't do. See, I went and took a, a IT course. I took an IT mm-hmm. course and learned basic IT, and I, I already knew it most of it because I I grew up around it with my mm-hmm. uncle and stuff. He was he had he was Microsoft certified. He was he was big in mm-hmm. all of it. Uh, but when I after he passed away, I I really I had talked about it so much. I went and got web development certified. I got certified in web oh. development. So I knew I know CSS. I know HTML. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a little bit of Java. But like, you know, you look at it and it's like, there's things that you do that I can't do. So you, it says here, you do multi-tiered mobile app uh, stuff. Mm-hmm. And like, mm-hmm. I, I wanted to get an app development. I actually was learning uh, Android studio. I think it was Android studio or something mm-hmm. at one point. And I kind of just dropped out. Cause it was just like, uh, at the time I had my kids and it was just too much going on. Um, but you know, there's, there's times where I'm like, I, I talk to people who do app development. I think it's so cool. So you know, mm-hmm. what, what kind of, let's, let's go into the, like what you do. So you, you build apps for customization, customize apps for clients then? Yes, exactly. Yeah. It could be anything. What I like to pitch it is basically we build everything from simple websites to complex web and mobile applications. And okay. I think our specialty is really in trying to figure out what the right technology is, what mm-hmm. the right solution is. I think there's a lot of people that, you know, they, they want to go build a mobile app and that's not necessarily always the right first choice, right? Sometimes it's better just to build a, a web-based mobile friendly experience. Other cases, yeah. like you've got to go mobile first because of the nature of the app. And so a lot of decisions and discussions around that based on what do you actually need? And we always build everything, you know, we're agile in terms of our, our, our development patterns and so on and so forth, but also just thinking about how to make things, how to get to a minimum vital, viable product, right? The whole MVP thing, that whole concept and thinking through, okay, well, it's part of MVP. Do you need a mobile app or not? Because if you don't, and you can still, you know, achieve your goals and yeah. you know get your first project. Out, I mean, it's it's worth it because you you save a little bit of money and time not building mobile. It doesn't necessarily mean don't do it, but you know, these are all things you have to weigh. And I think that's one thing that that we try to do as as a company is really pay attention to what the overall like direction is. What is the problem you're trying to solve? What who's your audience and what problem are you trying to solve for them? And what is the best way to solve that? Do you need a mobile app? Do you need because, I, I mean, I think we're also, I mean, there was a period in time, and I think it's kind of died down, but I can remember going to website after website, mm-hmm. especially websites with forums. And every time you go there, they're like, oh, we have a mobile app, and it's hitting you up to, like, download a mobile app. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to have 50 different mobile apps for the 50 different websites I visit. No, I'd rather just keep it all in the browser. For that one-off where I really care about it, I'll go install the app. I'm kind of, you know, as an app developer, I love apps, but also think there's, you know, Way too many place apps. for yeah. You could you could show some some constraint or strain, I guess, in in some of that. I, I think uh, so. We try to find that that good sweet spot with our customers. Now, what uh, what kind of apps do you develop? Like, what what's the is there is like a data entry apps or is it like you know mm-hmm. kind of ones that like uh, people use to uh, sign in to their local coffee shop kind of thing or what 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 kind of apps do you guys do work on? Yeah, 
I mean, it's kind of everything. We don't we don't necessarily okay. specialize on one certain thing. I will say that we've done a lot of just like industrial kind of apps. Like we had a, a client who does uh, audits of like medical gas equipment. So like think okay. about hospital or dentist office. You know, they have the hookups with within each patient room typically to yeah. connect gas. And so these, you know, they just go in and like audit the equipment. And so one of the things they were dealing with, this is exact, you know, a good example, I think of, of like, you know, solving problems, providing value, mm-hmm. they would go in, say to a hospital complex where they're going to be doing the audit. Cause you know, a lot of times there's, they have to do these once a year. Right. And so they go in to do, do the audit uh, for this hospital and you go in, in there maybe with a laptop or with pen and paper and, mm-hmm. you know, making notes on each one. Then when they're done, they got to go compile a report and that report needs to be sent in, you know, to the customer and everything else. Um, they're like, man, this is like ripe for automation. So we, they reached out to us. We started talking about what they're doing and, and their workflows and just going through it and saying, wow, like we could go in and like build an app that works on say an iPad, for example. Yeah. And as you go room to room, you're just entering all that into your iPad. We have like a templated report that gets generated based on that entry. So it'd be more like a data entry kind of thing, but you know, some sophistication because each room is different and you have to the way the rooms get organized and by floors or by wing and, you know, some yeah. things like that that have to get done. But yeah, it'd be an example of a typical kind of app we've done. We're, I mean, right now we're building a dating app uh for another nice. uh that's that's cool uh another company a uh, uh private investor kind of thing that, that wants to that has a, a vision so we're helping them out with that and you know so it's, it's a pretty wide range uh in fact i mean from a sales and marketing perspective we're always being challenged to try to become try to go more niche you know focus yeah. more on one industry because it's easier to market we've been more i don't want to say generalist because it implies you know jack of all trades master of none i don't yeah. look at us that way but definitely you know that's been a challenge of ours is how do we come come about with a cohesive message. We're not focusing on a certain thing. Like I know people who go out, uh, I've got a friend who has a relative who does, he has built a successful business around just building uh, sites for lawyers. And that's okay. like all he does. And he's built a really successful business on it. And it's all like simple, like WordPress stuff, I believe. And it's like, yeah. wow, like that's kind of cool because he's doing stuff that's like not as complicated as us probably making more money because he's been, been able to specialize and just focus on that. And be- he's become the lawyer website guy, you yeah. know, and like, that's, that's kind of, kind of cool. Um, So let's talk about the business. Now mm-hmm. I, I asked this question. I don't know if you've listened to the show. I asked this question a good bit about people, uh, especially mm-hmm. since COVID has happened. Uh, a lot of people work remote. So are you a remote company? Do you have an office? How many staff do you have? Uh, do they work remote? Uh, what's You can answer that in any way you want, uh, but I, I kinda, I'm kind of kind of curious to see how people work their businesses now with, with everything being remote and if they shut down off, if you shut down your office to work remote or if you have an office and you, all your employees uh, come in or work remote depending on what the day is. Yeah, so I mean, we started the company, I'd say 2013 is kind of when I, Okay. Plant the flag of when we started the business. Um, you, but when we started, that was one of that was one of the core attributes of our company. Is we wanted to stay remote. Um, yeah. Again, for me, it was like going into that office environment and just saw a lot of inefficiency. There's also a lot of inefficiency inefficiency working remotely. Mm-hmm. But I felt like I would rather tackle that problem than tackle the problem of dealing with inefficiencies in in the workplace. And so. We sort of adopted that. I kind of looked at it as our unfair advantage. It's kind of, you know, besides being upset that COVID was here and how it was displacing everyone and yes. just the impact on all of us. I was also upset because at the same time, it was like, that was our unfair advantage. We go around and recruit people and say, well, we offer, you know, remote work environment. You can work from home. Um, and that was attractive to a lot of people. Yes. It's like, oh, yeah, I don't have to go in an office every day. I can work and have some flexibility in my hours and stuff like that. That's a great opportunity. So 
as you know, hiring in the in the tech space, uh, hiring software developers, everything is really difficult. And mm-hmm. so for us, the kind of two things we embraced was the remote work, and we also embraced a, a, a global workforce. So rather than trying to hire only U.S. developers, we expanded that worldwide. And actually, we've kind of consolidated in the Philippines. We have we have a pretty nice size uh, dev team in the Philippines. I say nice yeah. size. We're still a small business. We're we're a little over twenty people total headcount. Yeah. Uh, within the company, but uh, a lot of that is global. Uh, I think as far as here in the U.S., when we have like five employees, and and the rest are all, uh, the rest are all offshore. Okay, so so you basically <laughs> you didn't even need to adapt to the new uh, like uh, way of life, as it were, with the remote work. You already had that kind of adopted, and you kind of worked remotely already, so you didn't yeah. really need to adopt a new way of of thinking or or digital meetings you already had that kind of in place yeah definitely and i think i mean the technology's only gotten better so it's helped us with our original mission of staying remote but yeah it wasn't a big change for us in fact i mean you know i think the the bigger change was more on the social like non-work aspect of life for for me and most of our employees but me being an introvert that wasn't so bad either because i'm like what i don't have to go out anymore and just stay home (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this so, is great. <laughs> so let me ask you this then. When you when you're meeting, how do you meet clients? Like you're are you mm-hmm. are you web based? Do you have ads? How do you how do you get clients or just is it word of mouth? What's mm-hmm. what's your process there? I know you said you're an introvert. How yeah. do you if you're not meeting people, how are you how are you doing this networking uh uh to get clients? Well, I think there's a difference between like being an introvert that just hides and is almost like agoraphobic about yeah you know, public settings and then someone who's an introvert, but recognizes it as a blind spot and use and accepts it as a challenge. So like for me, when I go up and I'm talking with a group of people or networking, mm-hmm. it doesn't come naturally for me, but I know it doesn't come naturally, naturally for me. So I have to bias myself yeah. against that. I have to, you know, compensate for that. So I think what we're like, if I was more extroverted, I'd probably just go into those settings and I'd feel natural about it and might say some really stupid things. I'm like more strategic about it. Cause I'm like, I'm introverted. I don't really, I mean, I joke with my wife and, and my my kids, which is really bad about how I don't like people, which is not true. I, I do like yeah. people, but most of them, not all of them, most yeah. most people. Um, but uh, you know, just dealing with that, it was like I I just have to challenge myself more. And so, and then the way we get business, maybe we've tried a lot of different things. Honestly, like selling apps is a very difficult thing because there's no, you know, if you go like on LinkedIn or Sales Navigator, one of these kind of tools, and start mm-hmm. filtering out people or whatever, there's no filter for you know people who are interested in apps. I mean, there's definitely some groups that people are joined into and stuff like that. We can maybe find, uh, find prospects, but it's been really hard. So typically what we do is we, we look at just nurturing the relationship. We kind of start from like the, the business strategy standpoint mm-hmm. and sitting down with people and talking about, you know, what are the problems you're dealing with? Just talking about talking shop, talking about yeah. work, talking about what you're experiencing. And then, you know, if there's an, it's not always like, I'm just trying to find a way to in, input some kind of sales pitch in all those conversations. It's like genuinely going in there with like, you're wanting to help someone. And if I can help them by pointing them to something that yeah. doesn't even pertain to us, that might be a benefit to them that could help them be more successful in business. I'm, I'm totally for that. And if something organically comes about from that, that works with us then great. So I would say, you know, 90, over 95% of our customers are all through referrals. It's customers we've worked with that have referred us to other mm-hmm. people that have come in through the referral channels. Well, the, uh, the word of referrals is actually better then sometimes even getting directly new clients because r- referrals means someone else recommends you 
Yes. And, and and having that where someone's like, hey, I worked with this person. Uh, I highly recommend them. They they're trusted. You know, they did a good job on my product. Uh, here here's their information. You know, referrals I feel like are better in a way than getting someone who's like, hey, I saw you on LinkedIn. You know, like you mm-hmm. know, I just reached out because I want to you know work with you. Uh, I I feel yeah. like when I when I do things because I have an IT business on the side, and uh, you know, one of the things I do um is you know, referrals, like someone said, Oh, I heard from you from someone else. Or, um, I saw like someone post about your thing and I really want to see, you know, if you can fix this problem. And, you know, I have a, I have like, this is my small office, but I have a whole cabinet of their full computers and, and technology that I sell on my eBay store. And a lot of people who are like buying from me, uh, heard about me from someone else, or I sell directly to someone and I, or one of the things I've been doing, you know, which is goes off referrals is I do a trading program. Like I have computers I trade for other software or technology or something that someone has. And, mm-hmm. and one of the things that people do is like, Oh, I heard he has this and he's traded this mm-hmm. before he might have that. And you can get that. Uh, and, and, and I do agree with that. Like, you know, you, you getting referrals is great. And I, I agree because, you know, I get a lot of people who are like, hey, yeah. I worked with you before, well, and so I trade your name to someone else. Uh, so I highly recommend getting referrals uh, to anybody who's in business. I'm like, try and get referrals over new clients. I said because mm-hmm. the new clients that you get from the referrals are going to be better than the new clients you get from just an email chain or something. Yeah. So, and so to tap into that, because I, I think that's such important. This is something that's been a transition for us over the last yeah. year. I spent so long running away from referrals, not because I didn't want referrals. I just always thought there's a ceiling there, right? Because I take how many how many clients do I have, mm-hmm. and if all of them refer, like what is the percentage of referral per client or whatever like that? And so then I'm like, well, yeah, I can grow, but it's going to be a slow growth path because I've got to hope they refer me. Um, and so I was like, I always just want to, you know, talk about this, you know, with with others on my team and stuff like that. But like, I always thought like marketing. It's like it would be nice to just have a spigot you just turn on and the leads yeah. come out. And when you get your pipeline full, you turn it back off, right? That's like the ideal thing. That's what we think of when we think about marketing and doing pay per click ads or SEO, whatever it is, mm-hmm. right? Um, but finally realized that like I was running from actually the the core source of how we get business. Yeah. And rather than trying to like diversify why not just double down on it? So we kind of went the other direction over the last year, really being intentional about our relationships with our clients and doing things like quarterly business reviews and things like mm-hmm. that, where we can find out more about their business. We can, a couple things. One, we can find more work with our existing clients. There's always opportunities to sell them more things. You know, everyone needs some kind of part of their business automated, whatever it may be. So those yeah. are great opportunities for us, as well as just being in front of them. So as they're off doing their networking, talking to people who have problems, Someone yeah. comes up, says, you know, I got this problem in my business. I got this problem. I need a nap. You know, we're we're top of mind for them because we're staying in touch with them all the time. So I'm totally 100% agree with what you just said and just kind of, you know, expressing my perspective on that too. You yeah. know, referrals are great. And I can't believe I ran away from it for so long because now that we're being more intentional about it, it's helping us grow in a way that we felt a little bit stagnated. And, and you know, to top, to touch on that, like I... <laughs> I keep in contact with people who I've worked with before, um, selling, buying, uh, or just, uh, I have a guy, uh, a friend of mine who's, um, he has an IT business and we kind of work back and forth. Like if I can't do something that's a large scale project, he has a whole team of people and I'm like, Hey, mm-hmm. this office needs rewired with cat sticks mm-hmm. and I can't do it. I, I am only one guy and I, I don't have the time. I got kids. I got this and I'll reach out to him like, Hey, look. If I can go in on this project with you and the other guys or like I pass them on to you and then you have someone that says it's an older person or, or you know, a bunch of so the retirement home that needs a couple of computer tricks, whatever you pass down to me. So we uh, keeping that relationship with sellers, buyers, um, 
even uh, uh, traders or uh, people I work with or in contact with, keeping that network open with them and having that communication, like you said, you open quarterly business reviews and stuff, having that and you keep up with them and say, hey, I have this or you know, I can do this for you. And having that relationship keeps that referrals from those people or or just other businesses open to come to you. And and you know, you, you running away from it was probably not a good thing because you know, having that because you if that's the core of your business where people are coming to you from like yeah. you know that that's gonna bring in revenue. And 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 you know at the end of the day, you know, revenue, like bring up your revenue from just those people that you have close that you like keep bringing in business for you is a really key thing. And I, I, I've, I've stressed to people, and I, I've, I've written it down a couple of times on Facebook and like, whenever someone reaches out to you and says they have an issue and you fix it for them and then they say, Oh, I'm going to pass on this many people. And they do, you know, like, you know, I don't oh, know the, yeah. percent, the, the percentage, I don't know exactly what it is, but when someone says, Hey, I, you fixed my computer, you made this video for me, you took those photos, especially in the photography realm. Cause I have a lot of friends mm-hmm. that are photographers when they take photos for me and I post their photos and then like I share that a couple of times and people like it. And then they say, Hey, I got eight new clients today. You know, that, that makes me happy because I know that they, you know, it may not be tech related, but it may help them get to where they're going because, you know, as long as you're sharing a company and that's another thing, sharing, you know, you did work for, they did, you did work for them. Um, they shared your post or what, I don't know. I don't know how your company works with social media. But like when I do something, I post a, a company that worked, I worked with or a company that yeah. I am very highly passionate about and I share their uh, feed or I share their posts or I share their, uh, their tech related item. And then I post a link so that people can reach out to them. And, and I know that helps other people and it refers people to that company. And I think that's another great way of getting, um, word of mouth out like you're spreading joy about someone else's company and they're spreading mm-hmm. joy about your company you know it really helps in the end um yeah know, my timer is disappeared um let's jump back to the whole uh you do apps but you also do websites so yes. what kind of what's the are you strictly focused on apps or do you do you go back and forth between apps and websites uh or uh web-based portals yeah, you know, I would say, uh, I think at our core, we really are an app development company. We're okay. a little bit, I don't know, just because the running's <laughs> the right word, but like, because we do websites and do apps, it's the term that, the term that's coming to mind for me. But I think really what it's about is like, I think that websites are a good entry point for businesses. Mm-hmm. So like, if we have a new, uh, a new business that's, that we're communicating with, like a lot of times we can start conversations just around, website needs and then that yep. evolves into more, as we understand more about their business we can find things we can automate maybe it's internal automation that we're going to help them build or maybe they have an app idea something they can do to interface better with their customers or whatever the case may be and so it kind of organically grows into that so that's why we've never really you know i think if we had infinite number of leads we might at some point consider uh you know reducing the emphasis on on websites but it's a good conversation starter yep. It's a it's a good entry to to build that relationship even even more. Also, you know, can't uh, ignore the fact of like everything's going on with AI right now. Yeah, and you know, I think we're in kind of you know a lot of people are in kind of fearful across a lot of industries, not just you know the tech industry, but like fearful of like what does this mean? Um, are we reaching the point where one day like what I I mean I always thought our industry is going to be commoditized over time. You yeah. know, and it has been come on. I've certainly seen on the website side companies like Wix and Squarespace, all these different ways to easily build a site. And they're great products, especially yeah. if you're a, a new company and you only you have a very limited budget. 
like, do you need to come hire a company like us to build a custom website? No, you can go to Wix and, you know, get that done. And then as you evolve and you become, you know, build out the business, proof of concept, all that, and you want to build a, a more robust website, come to us then, you yeah. know? So th- these are great things. I don't want to try to push back against what's the way the industry is changing mm-hmm. and AI and everything else, but to embrace it and try to adapt ourselves so that we put ourselves in a great position to, to capitalize and, and leverage that. Well, Dustin, we are uh, we have nine minutes left in the show, and I usually like to close on a, uh, a question. And the question is: uh, Is there something uh, that you would like to tell the audience that you, younger self, you, older self, you, uh, in between you, would wish you would have known or have told been told about the business industry, about entrepreneurship, about anything that mm-hmm. uh, that you would have that you know now that you wish you would have known then. Yeah, I think the I think that comes the thing that comes to mind that's been sort of top of mind the last couple of years for me is the fact that when you start a business, you you have to be you have to be good at sales or you have to you have to do sales. I mean, you don't necessarily have to be good at sales, but you have to be able to do sales. Yeah. And so, you know, the example I heard in a book I read was it's talking about a chef who was like really good making food at, you know, incredible dishes, right? And yeah. so he decides to open a restaurant. Well, he's no longer you know, a chef that makes good food, he's, he's now creating an experience for people. And he's got to mm-hmm. go out and sell that experience. Right. Because I mean, you can, if you cook really amazing food, yeah, yeah. sometimes it sells itself, but more often than not, you overvalue <laughs> how good you actually are. You actually have to go out and sell it to people, right. Or else you're not going to get, you know, seats in the restaurant or whatever the case may be. Yeah. That's something that I think I shied away from for a long time. I just thought I'm not a sales guy. Like maybe we'll hit some kind of critical mass where we've got enough money and I'll go hire a sales team. Just throw it over the fence to them. I don't have to think yeah. about it. I just focus on what I like to do. And I realized that's not really feasible. I mean, maybe for some industries it is, maybe certain situations it is, but by and large, I think general rule is if you start a company, you got to be able to sell. And so yeah. I really immersed myself in that over the last couple of years. And we're still trying to figure it out. Like I, like I said, we don't mention the spigot analogy earlier. We don't have that spigot set up yeah. yet. Maybe one day we will, but I'm definitely learning a lot. And it's helped me to realize things like what we're talking about, the referral channels and realizing mm-hmm. that not only is that something that, you know, I need to obviously continue to, to harvest, but we can nurture that and build our business by being more intentional about building those relationships and encouraging, you know, setting up maybe it's a you know, referral program or whatever it may be, right? Finding different yep. ways to, to leverage that. So that's probably the biggest thing for me. Um, and then also... Processes and systems, you know, I'm, I'm big on that. I, I wish that we did more. I'm always looking at our company and thinking we could do more with systematizing the things we do and automating some of the things we do. Yeah. But I've really worked hard to do that to the point that, you know, if I have to step away from the business for a period of time or anything like that, I feel like we're in good hands. We've hired the right team and we've built mm-hmm. the right processes that it will run itself. I can't say it run itself for years, Yeah. but I could take off a <laughs> month if I need to. And I think things will survive, you know, and I, I'm proud of that. Awesome. Well, Dustin, it's been an honor having you on the show. Uh, thanks for thanks for tuning in with us. Yeah, definitely. I, I really enjoyed being on being a guest here. Thank you so much. You're welcome. You're welcome. And uh, for those listening, um, this is actually my last interview for a little while. I've been I'm going to take a break. Um, once this airs, this will be I want to say a few months. I'm taking some time to reflect on things. I got a bunch of different projects coming up um i know there's a lot of people who listen regularly and love and uh send me uh, tons of love and um say hey i love your show and (laughs) and give me tons of feedback um 
But there's been a lot going on uh, with different things. We're opening a different store to sell uh, products of tech and I'm trying to get that off the ground. So until then, I'm uh, Dustin is actually my last interview of the year. Uh, Unless, unless, and I I stress this, unless someone sends me an email and says, hey, I would really like to get on your show, uh, I will will put an episode out uh, for that. Uh, But currently, I am putting a a hiatus on this. So for those listening, uh, do not be alarmed. This is not the last time you'll hear the show. Uh, this is just the last time this year, possibly, that you'll hear an episode uh, until until I get things situated and uh, together with the um, store and a couple other things in life. Uh, and I and and for those listening, I did take a different position at work, and that's kind of why I'm stepping back. Uh, I am now the VP at my family company, so I am trying to step into that role. So it's not the end for IT Tech Talk. It's just a new beginning and new space is going to happen. So. Thank you all for the support who have tuned in. Uh, just know that I'm going to restructure the show. Uh, there's a lot going on. Our site has been down because there's just different things going on. We're adding new stuff, and it will be back up with the with all the stuff and new information. Uh, but currently, we are just taking kind of a hiatus on how the show is run. Uh, but thank you so much for all who tune in. Dustin, again, thank you for being my last interview for the year, as far as I know. <laughs> um, I really enjoyed having you on. I look forward to seeing where uh, the show goes and look forward to seeing where your business goes. Yeah, I'd love to do that. Thank you so much, Joel. You're welcome. Thanks so much.